1: So MLB topics, I, you know, troll the web, just reading around usual news. Five thirty-eight. not my most common baseball news site, but they had a feature that I thought was pretty interesting. And I, I sort of agree with the premise, right, which is the the titles the Toronto Blue Jays stars haven't developed or delivered, but an unsung hero is picking up the slack. Any
0: guesses? Did you know who the unsung hero was going to be before you clicked this? Uh, you know, I had just recently been looking at him because I was like – Wait how, how how is his how is his stats there? What? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But Al, it's is it Alex or Alejandro? Alejandro. Alejandro. Kirk? Yeah. He's also yeah. a player Alejandro that I had Kirk? watched a couple years ago and had been like, yes, I this is the year. This is the year Alejandro Kirk is gonna let go. He's gonna become a household name. Then two years ago, I think, and it just didn't. Really I am.
1: Happen. I'm almost certain we've discussed him on the pod before as like. You know, just this crazy like hey, this name keeps coming up, uh, Andrew Kirk. Oh, he's—I mean, he's got a great
0: name. He's got a great name. Oh, he's got a great name.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting, guy. Um, interesting in the context of like keeping this Blue Jays team afloat. I mean, I think the article starts with the premise that like the Blue Jays should be good, which is not a premise that I necessarily agree with. <laughs> but you—you uh, you don't think that they should be good? Um, should they be better than the Yankees and Red Sox? No. I,
0: I, should they be better than the Red Sox? Yes. Should they be better than the Yankees? I think that the Yankees have had a little bit of luck and the Blue Jays have had a little not, unluck, you know? So okay, I think that they're all, those three teams should be like right next to each other. And somehow it's sorted out that the, the Yankees are best and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are sort of neck and neck. You wouldn't take a full team trade of the Blue Jays for your Twins. You can keep Buxton, and then they get to keep Bichette or, or 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 Vlad.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, oh,
1: no, no, for sure. No, that that's fine. I mean, I think I guess my I don't think that I also
0: don't think this is the ceiling for this Blue Jays team. No. So Alejandro Kirk has been. It, I mean, hey, it's a catcher. Yeah. I know that I looked at. I know a lot of people here are listening to this and like I looked at him in the draft. Like, why didn't I just pick him up? Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I I know I know
1: people looked at him. I mean, I it'd be interesting to correlate this with um, TGFBI outcomes. But you know, TGFBI being a two catcher league, so your catcher actually your catchers actually matter on some. Oh, you level. should.
0: You should. We should uh, I mean, looks like you're trying to make this segment for week after next. I I wouldn't complain. I would not complain about that. Um, all right, let's move
1: on here. Check-ins, fantasy leaders. Uh, I've switched to streaks now because these have gotten a little regular. Yeah. Aaron Judge is number one hitting. Shane McClanahan number one on pitching. As we said before, we think what it's going to take for Aaron Judge is an injury to get knocked out of this. So Aaron Judge is the best fan. Now.
0: Aaron Judge is a top five fantasy player when healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Shane McClanahan is a top ten fantasy pitcher as long as he doesn't have have an innings cap. There you go, it is is great. I I, it's proof of concept. But if at the end of the year it's um, it's uh, Verlander and I don't know who's going to be the, Vlad. You know, it's like oh okay yeah that's what happened.
1: Yeah yeah exactly.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, because there are some there are some sneaky guys sniffing
1: around the top on the on the pitching side. I think, the hitting side the hitting side I really think is going to be fixed. I mean, it's two of the guys that we're probably going to talk about in the segment because the, the runner up would be Paul Goldschmidt to pass Aaron Judge right now. How is Paul Goldschmidt back?
0: He's back. That St. Louis team is scary when it, it's it's scary when the players actually do what they're supposed to do. I completely agree. I don't know. I, I mean, never discount the Cardinals. No, 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 no. All right,
1: TGFBI, um, I'm continuing a slow uptake. I'm at number four oh six, but you have rocketed upwards nearly to our stated goal from last week. I didn't mean that we had to do it all in one week. You're oh, at two eighty five. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean that you needed to get to two fifty in one week, but you know, I'm not complaining.
0: It's great. Two eighty five. I mean, that's a real high watermark, and, and hopefully that means that I can still continue. But I think that I went through oof, that's like blowing through the Peloton. That's blowing through the Peloton, it's the real thing there, because and those are a lot of teams that are just like had that in the guy you you know that most of these are the ones that had some of those guys who were the their first five round oh, yeah. picks who are just gone. Yeah, in this right because we're because the thing that we didn't that we could have also talked about at the top is this
1: massive injury rash that's been happening.
0: Continues, it continues. We in, talked about in, it the in, week in before or last. And yeah,
1: exactly, and it's it's still going on, that's and right. it's affecting it's affecting batters, it's affecting closers, it's affecting everybody, and so. But I, I I like your metaphor of moving through the peloton. I mean, I think I think you're right. You're in the meat of the distribution now, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people all packed together. A few things break, right? You do that. So,
0: so, the, hope With the whole reason persist. that I don't have the guys that are getting injured right now is because they have been injured. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're finding you're, this game. You're kind of you're kind of seeing
1: a you're seeing a central limit theorem. You know, you should be you should be at two thirty ish. You know, if we all have average teams, whatever. Yeah, we my guys before. can't go on the DL if they're already on the DL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Good one. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what I can do about this. I'm going to try and try and move up too. Get, join you there. I did break four hundred a couple times this past week. Yeah, I'd like to stick there. And just a programming note: uh, fantasy look aheads. Just to announce to everyone, we are both. Uh, let's go with lukewarm on Westworld.
0: Yeah, and I'm using
1: lukewarm as I'm using lukewarm
0: as an average here because I think you're cold, and I'm like, eh, okay. I'll watch it eventually, but I have I have no means to watch it right now, and I have no interest. So, um, you know what? It's not a western. <laughs> It's a, I know I no, it's
1: it's, it it's it's now it's now a full on sci-fi thing and you know we we do not have great track records with non Star Wars sci-fi we're not big sci-fi people yeah yeah that's what I that's what I'm saying so I'm I'm just trying to be clear with anyone who's listening to us about what we're gonna do so you should expect programming wise late August we'll be back with a flurry of stuff because that's when the new uh, Game of Thrones show hits that's when there will be another Star Wars show and that's when Lord of the Rings will hit. Yeah, you it's will gonna hear from be, all of yeah, us. It's gonna you gonna will be hear a lot. From, You're gonna hear from us on those and I don't know how we're gonna do it. We're gonna have to actually plan or something get a motor through it yeah motor through it is right. All right well today let's talk a little bit more about splits. And as is, uh, I don't know, semi, semi-traditional semi on this on this pod, uh, the tool development has gotten in the way of any sort of um, interesting conclusions. So I'm going to do two things. We're going to frame this discussion as I'll explain the tool development. Uh, but I also want to bounce some ideas off of you about what product and ideas we're actually hoping to use this for. In yeah, absolutely. And, ha- and I'll, I'll overview a little bit of what's out there. And, give you, and let's try and figure out how we can do better than what's out there and give people an interesting product. Okay, so I have, I have an assertion here, and I'm curious what you think about this. Um, we discussed this three weeks ago, uh, and as we discussed then, splits in fantasy are, I would argue, about two fundamental things. The first one is just straight up getting plate appearances, mm-hmm. and that could have to do with who's in a platoon and what type of platoon it actually is. Um, and then also relative to splits, who's just plain facing a lot of left-handed pitchers or right-handed pitchers. Last time we looked at different teams, the balance of teams, and it turned out you know the AL East is facing a ton of left-handed pitchers, like oh that's, or a ton of right-handed pitchers, like oh that's kind of interesting. And what kind of a success is that driving for them? Right. And then the second thing that I was thinking is that okay, what uh, the second thing that splits are about in a fantasy context is how do you get marginal gains. From those PA's, yeah, exactly. So, and that's where we'll talk about splits, and that's what it means for fantasy. Do you you agree with these? You, what do you think? Is this an is this an apt way to frame the discussion?
0: No, I think that is. I think yeah, you've you've listed the first order, the second order here, and the first order is a little bit split out, but I mean it's predominantly it is predominantly when can you find those plate appearances and and for I I agree, and then it's sort of. Um, as I'm thinking about it, how this, the actionable piece about it is like in a TGFBI, it's like, well, you want to squeeze plate appearances however you can, can, right? And then in yep. like a ten-team, twelve-team mix, you want to make sure that when you're making when you're making a pickup, it's not because like Lords Guriel just went yes. through the correct side of the split for a week. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God, yeah. this is this is the next coming. He's going to be a number 10 fantasy star. And then he doesn't s- start for three games because yes. a whole series because it's it's like the wrong it's the wrong side of the platoon. I think so. You just hit on something that's super interesting, which is the idea that
1: the information that we need to make use of split information is different depending upon what league you're in. Ab- it's absolutely in. no, it's totally uh, different. OK, OK. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to circle back to that. I'm gonna th- think a little bit more. So let's circle back to that when we ask what the fantasy relevant questions are. Uh, as with as was the case three weeks ago, we're gonna focus. We're gonna talk about batters right now. Uh, and my assertion here is that it's because to some extent there's not much you can do about splits for pitching. I mean, the flip side of this, right? We're talking about oh yeah, I see your face, but let me get through my thing and then you can tell me what you think. The flip side to the batting side to the batting splits is that pitchers are also facing splits. Yeah. Um, And what I would like to know is, okay, two things. I'm asserting that it's difficult because lineups have a lot of moving parts. Managers can adjust their batting lineups to the pitcher way easier than you can say, I'm just not starting this pitcher this time through the rotation, right? That's like, that's not really a thing that happens in the MLB. It's like, well, you know, I know certain pitchers are going to be better against right-handers, but I'm kind of stuck. Uh, so then it brings me to: can we develop? Can we use this to develop a simple heuristic for when we should sit a starting pitcher? And I don't know if that's the most interesting question, but fantasy-wise, that would be the, the most relevant thing to do. I mean, so I guess my my question to you is: do you have a heuristic in your head where you look at a lineup and you think, "Wow, I really don't want to start this guy against this team because X split."
0: I don't really see that being viable for most pitchers but I think we could do we could get to the point where we set up the the model that sort of tips the scale of like right the the 60% owned guy like ooh this is definitely not a start the um mm-hmm. The singers out there, as you uh, as you hit into the... oh, don't even autos. start on Brady on Brady Singer mowing through my twins. But okay, go ahead. But you, I'm sure that we can do something that could tips the scale that makes you feel a little bit better. But yeah, this is one vector in a multi-vector analysis that might be really hard. it might be the gains that we'll get by like really modeling that out might not be worth it compared to let's just like. You know who's a good team? The Yankees <laughs> shouldn't start them against that. You know who's not a good team? Who's not a good team right but now? I don't even know who. Who's Twins, like, uh, but, but, but in, in part hitting wise, yeah, absolutely. But I, but I mean, I would argue that. So
1: you're saying, okay, the gains might not be that good, but I would argue that actually, if we could unlock it, this is where the power really would be, because if we had a if we had a reason to say the Yankees lineup is good, but the Yankees lineup is good because. They've been mowing through right-handed pitchers, or they've been mowing through left-handed pitchers. No, I and I agree. I, have a left-handed I agree. Pitcher.
0: I think that like we can add like twenty percent information to it, and that's really huge. That's huge. To do that, yeah. how how much do how much do we have to like automate? How many different pieces do we have to like clean up? How, you know, it might be yeah. a really really big task for getting that that. So, I, I agree with you. I think that it could be. I think it could be very valuable. Yeah, and it's there's a, there's a specific type of pitcher there's a specific range. Yes. Where you know it. Right, cuz you have guys that you're going to start every time, but I'm in this scenario right now with with Blake Snell. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Blake <laughs> Snell. Anything that you can get to like have to enumerate whether he's going to do well or not. Like how is right. will he Why fail? Does, like Blake Snell's going to have a 12 strikeout
1: performance on my bench, right? Because I didn't start him because he's let up 12 runs in the previous two starts. And you're like I can't you know this is untenable. He's looking at me, he's like, I can't trust you, but I'm but sorry. But I'd like to know, I'd like to have anything for, like, why don't I trust you, as opposed to just like, mm, I don't feel good about this. And it was, you know, it's Blake Snell against a freaking Dodgers team. Like, what is going on? How did, why, like, why is this the team that you did well against? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Okay, anyway, so that's, so that's kind of an aside, but I think there's actually a little bit more power there on the, hit, on the pitching side, but it's also commensurately more challenging. All right, uh... But really what I want to ask you and what I want to kick around are what are the fantasy relevant questions here? And we, we sort of talked about this a little bit at the outset. But specifically what I'm thinking is the question that we want to answer is how much can splits actually change your outcome in fantasy? Like how much effort should we put into this? Is this, I don't even know, is this a 1%, a 10%, a 20% effect? I, I don't know. Right. So my the fundamental question would be like, if I had started X player only against left handed pitchers or right handed pitchers, what would I have gotten? You know, or if I, you know, if I built a platoon on my fantasy team, on a daily fantasy team, where I flipped them in and out for their preferred side of the lineup, would I do better? What what level is that at? And I just don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: it feels like and, there's a lot of yeah.
0: opportunity there because these are some of the guys that end up being I don't think the ownership matches the productivity, and if you're thinking about it in like a fantasy wins above replacement kind of, uh, especially in a head to head daily league, you can, I think that you really can squeeze out a couple of wins because it's it's not that much to change a, a week and to change something to flip something from right. I I, I got wins. I got. Uh, runs this week because you know this guy was hitting hitting the right side of the platoon and he was in my lineup so i think that there's something there but again it's 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 not a it's not a quick path that's what a lot of our fantasy stuff has been focused on like how can we like shed light on something easy this is this is putting together a difficult process yes and i'll talk about the
1: steps that that led me to that so i guess do you think i mean i'm looking for a focused question for us to ask because this is a hard project to build towards and so to me that for the, the question that i want to build towards is how much can splits change your outcome build everything around answering that question and then try and develop answers from there is well, that the I,
0: question you would ask or would you ask i, a I do question? and and I guess, yeah, we need to put together a hypothesis, right? Mm-hmm. And then we need mm-hmm. to test that hypothesis. And I have in my head the sort of, uh, this isn't a hypothesis, but I have in my head the like idea of if you have a player that is a certain percent owned, like a 90% owned, like a, a, a Jake Cronenworth kind of level player. <laughs> sure. Okay. Good could then. I have two players that are owned at 60% that could... And a majority of weeks beat the ninety percent owned player. Okay, that's sort of in my head. That's what I want to know on 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 the splits. Like, could I okay. have the equivalent of um, I, who's a, who's a great put Dominic Brown? Um, oh, good one. And uh, and could Dominic Brown and Lords Goriel like outmatch someone who's significantly more owned? Right. I always think. I mean, I always think of the old, the classic usage of of Corey
1: Dickerson. Corey Dickerson because is. Ah, I was, he was.
0: That's the name that I was Corey thinking Dickerson about. Was
1: was infuriating, right? Because when he was in the lineup, he's mashing like Ice, crazy. Yeah, but he's, he's never in the lineup because they're managing him so hard.
0: Yeah, they know exactly who to pitch him against. <laughs>
1: right. I to hit him against, not to. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so, so you want to be able to dig up guys like that. But I think. Okay. I, I like so the action your item. The really, question.
0: is number one is that we need to make a yeah. hypothesis, right? Yes.
1: Yes. And I like I like the way that you framed that, which is essentially try and design pairs of players that can beat a better player. Yeah. And see what we can do with that. And I I, I want to do that kind of on both sides of the ball, but we'll see. All right. Oh yeah. So I, of course, steps. I would like to do that yeah. on
0: both sides of the ball too. But I'm less interested on doing like the pitching test is a little bit is a little could could a random I, I think the pitching test there that i have in my head is like can a could a random player that you pick that waiver wire pickup every week beat a um that 90% owned kind of guy the but Luis i think Castillo i think we've kind of
1: all player. yeah i mean i want to look at that again i think we've already looked at that on some level which is that you can almost always put together a team on the waiver wire to beat <laughs> any
0: random team I, right, I just because yes the, I, we, well we know that that's we know that that yeah. can happen so that part of the null hypothesis test has already been uh, confirmed but the question is can you pick the player based on the um, splits to yes yeah. can that inform the decision of who to pick up to do better than you, the majority of guys who are in the ninety percent of I
1: we I thought we'd close just on if you wanted to. Pick one of these case studies, uh, guys that we talked about two weeks ago, guys two guys that we already talked that were already mentioned on the pod, uh, that are so again, what we talked about two weeks, three weeks ago, guys who are better against left handed pitchers, better against right-handed pitchers, Paul Goldschmidt, DJ LeMahieu, raking against left-handed pitchers. Aaron Judge, Bobby Witt Jr. raking against right-handed pitchers. I'm curious to see Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, top of, you know, absolute top of the cream of the crop this year. Curious to see if they start, if they
0: fall back to Earth at all, or if they persist with this. Is there one of these guys you'd like to talk about? Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. He was a little surprised. Okay, let's let's talk about him a little bit. What do you got for me?
1: Well, so the part of why I wanted to use this is because FanGraphs does put together splits. Right, there yeah. is a splits tab, and so I'm looking at the splits tab, and this is the link that I that I posted here, and wondering what do we need on this that's actually that's better. Like what? What data do we produce that's better than this? So you click on this, and you get all these splits. You get their home away splits, left handed right handed, monthly splits, ground balls, flies, liners, yeah, everything. everything. But it's not organized, really. I mean, it's just kind of you have to look through it. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't go very granular. I'm looking at his left handed right handed. You can see that he's. I mean he's hitting 463, Paul Goldschmidt against left-handed <laughs> pitchers. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, feels like that can't persist, but then again, he's hitting 314 against right-handed pitchers. So terrible. Just terrible, I mean, man. I mean I mean Paul Goldschmidt to some extent is is a not an interesting guy for the for this platoon discussion because
0: you're never gonna freaking sit him against right-handed pitchers. But yeah, – Yeah, yes, yeah. To me – The guys you gave as examples yeah. were the most – for the most part. Like, we're not going to spit these people. I don't know, Bobby Witt maybe. Yeah, but, but. it's
1: interesting to me. So the way that I want to use this is, okay, you're looking at this data with fresh eyes. What's interesting in here? How can we recast this in a way that's more fantasy relevant? I – I, man, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think – I think we need some. I think we need some element of time,
0: like some element of we recency. do. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yes. Yeah. A longitudinal uh, look at this because we don't know if that's. It. He's only had 30 games against left-handers. Were those all at the beginning of the season? And is that what's the trend line for that? Look, look. Yeah. Did he just mash the first two weeks against guys that no longer are in the big leagues? Or is this recent? Yeah. That would be really helpful. Right. That would be really, really helpful. I mean, I think of it in terms of, like, who are are they going to play this week? Um, Is this... Yeah. Are they going to be away from the ballpark? I I do think... So the home-away splits are a thing that I didn't
1: talk about at all, um, but I do think there's something interesting there. Away versus right-handers, he is average. Exactly. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, league average, like, 256 Mm -hmm. batting average, right? So so I, I do think that's... I do think that's interesting. So, but again, I want to know, I I think what I what I'm really looking at this for is time. And that's the thing that gets us back to the fantasy question of of um, do I want to pick this guy up or am I seeing a two-week block of yeah. a one-week or
0: a two-week block of oh, he was really good against left-handers this week <laughs> or something. And he won't face again another left-hand barrage until September.
1: Right. So, maybe put him on my list or something. So, I, so this is, okay. All right. I don't need to necessarily go any deeper other than, you know, again, to note that some of these numbers are eye popping. And I would be, I mean, is Paul Goldschmidt going to be over 400 batting average against left handers at the end of the season? That seems, that seems
0: crazy. But I, it's, you don't hit enough left handers to have it. He could, I think he could probably do that. And uh, the, I think you probably could. I given the gonna, number of I'm going to pessimistically and
1: uh I'm going to pessimistically take the under on this. <laughs> I think Paul Goldschmidt ends the season
0: under 400 against left-handers. Right, I'll say that I, it's I, over. I mean the, and then when it, when we have to like push come to shove and it's like, "Oh no, well, home against left-handers." Pff. That's what I was saying, Mike. That's all that I was. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just an
1: eye-popping number,
0: but 500 at home versus left-handers. Don't throw a left-hander against Paul Goldschmidt in Busch Stadium. All right. So let's put some stuff together.
1: Uh, I'll put some stuff together on that longitudinal. Should have the problem solved. Probably hear about this in in two weeks.
0: Okay. I think that about brings us to the review session.
1: Freddie Peralta.
0: Freddie Peralta. Um, yeah, I have I have strong feelings about this one. Sophomore slump, my man. Sophomore slump. <laughs> 2022. He has is three and two right now. He's
1: got a 4.42 ERA. He's pitched and started eight games. I mean, the sophomore slump is like the software sophomore, sophomore injury slump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only pitched 38.2 innings, but 50 strikeouts during that. Oh, and I forgot to mention his 1.19 WHIP. Pretty good WHIP. Uh, and his strikeout uh, rate is good. Yeah. You know, remarkably, he's pitched in five different
0: seasons in the majors. Yeah. Well, I say sophomore slump, but that's really as bold letters starting pitcher.
1: Sure. I agree with that. So he started 27 games last year. He did start 14 games in in 2018, but also that was kind of like, I I mean, I don't know what the Brewers were doing at that point. (laughs) They were, but really it's last year's numbers that, that, pushed him up to here right because we're talking mm-hmm. about him you know we're, we're talking about him in the top 20 mm-hmm. of guys yeah. that were drafted and if you drafted him in the top 20
0: and you're getting those stats that i just reported you are uh upset yeah you're disappointed but i mean i think that the number that you're most disappointed by is 38.2 right yeah no, that's the number that you're most down. disappointed by because i actually look at this and i'm like you know if you're prorating this to where he should be those are those are livable numbers. Those are numbers that would, if you drafted him, if you drafted him here where we kind of have him, it wouldn't be the end of the world just at 4.42 ERA is bad. Winning three-eighths of your game is, is pretty good. His strikeout rate is pretty good. His whip is good. His ERA is not. Um, and his innings pitched is not. And you can kind of see the path to him. Turning this around. I can, I mean, I agree.
1: I can see the path to him turning this around. I think so. He's out right now with a strained right lat. They moved him onto the 60 day list. He's probably going to be out. I mean, so he's going to, he might come back like say August 1st, maybe. I haven't, I haven't looked at, haven't looked at what they've been saying. I mean, lat strains are, lat strains are a bummer for pitchers. They're not like a massive structural problem. You know, it's not like, it's not like they're saying that is, that he's out because of his. Elbow or shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> or last train
0: is usually something that for hitters is really bad. A really, really bad sign. Yeah. But for a pitcher, it's not as bad. But, yeah. I don't want to So, I'm strain. not, I guess,
1: I guess I'm not terrified about, I'm not terrified about his injury. I will be looking closely to see what he does at the end of the year. Uh, let's talk about, let's just, let's be superficial for a minute. I like his mound of presence.
0: I, I do, too. But I can see why he's an injury risk guy. Yeah. 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 There's he's, a lot of I mean, violence not, not like in the, that delivery. Because he's a five he's he's my height. He's not not huge. It's kind of impressive that I mean, I normally think of the guys that look like, ooh, you're
1: gonna hurt yourself as like the super tall, lanky guys. He's mm-hmm. not a super tall,
0: lanky guy, and he still manages to get a ton of violence in that delivery. Yeah, well, I mean that's the other you know, the the shorter guy is that are able to have pretty good fastballs and or effective pitchers they usually don't have as long careers right i mean pedro being the one exception the jeez biggest wow. exception. Why, why would you say he's only he's 26 why are you gonna say that about him right now <laughs> just
1: just warning you man just warning you all right well i mean i'm not i'm not gonna make a four-year bet box uh what what do you want <laughs> to bet box on what do you want to bet box on him uh Number of starts. I mean, that's, that's, as you said, that's the most relevant thing. I mean, but I, but it's really hard for us to predict that. Um, is yeah, it, is it yeah. where he gets, is it where he gets drafted next year? Oh, like could we could, what's, what's the interesting thing for us to guess? I mean, so is he drafted as a top where are 35
0: right pitcher next year? Does he match? Oh, well, yeah. Where are we right now in terms of preseason? Uh, or well, week seventeen, right? Yeah. So we're talking a guy we're talking a guy that was drafted. How many people? Random ones?
1: Three. We're talking about the guy that was drafted top fifteen, right? Like fifteen ish. You know the potential's there, you know his strikeout rate's gonna be high. Do we see him do we see him go top thirty next year? Yes. Top Absolutely? You, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would have I would have given that to you, but do we see him go top twenty five next year?
0: That's a, that's a good that's a good spot to put it. Yeah, okay, if you so want to say twenty five point, if you want to say, will he go twenty twenty five point five? Twenty five point five. I'll take the under on that. Yeah. Okay, I will. I will. I will happily take the over. It's interesting that I'm more pessimistic on this. All right, yeah, that's a be. fun little bet box. <laughs> Can you tell who owns him this year? <laughs> yes, listeners, I'm being transparent. <laughs> I own Freddie Peralta, and I'm furious. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. Because you should have started him last year. That's a that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. It's tough because there's some wrench. of these guys that like they come out and they have that first year. The Julio Tehran, the Shelby Millers, who just come up and they're just like amazing, and you're like, this is going to be a perennial Cy Young if they're able to do this in their first year their first real year in the mlb and then all of a sudden then they just never never get back to that level which is yep astounding you just think of like how could that guy have been that good at some point and just never get back there you're you're really bumming me out man (laughs) but i think he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be drafted in the top 20 all right let's see it who are we doing next week we're gonna talk about lance lynn Nice. I like it. Alex Manoa's alter ego. Now that he's back, it's good timing. Good timing for him to be back. It is good timing. It's it's an appropriate time to discuss him finally. Thank God we didn't talk about him earlier while he's injured. (laughs) All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst are luck to you, too. Yeah.